Let him that is unjust remain unjust. Let him that is unjust remain unjust. It seems there's a situation here where the person speaking of that they're speaking of is in a condition or a situation in which there's a fixation with uh, that the character is fixed. Whom they are, what they are has become fixed. Uh, in that language, though, in our sermon, it's two, two people, or two sets of people, or groups of people that he's talking about. There's a situation that's going on. That situation is life. That situation began when he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. He hadn't stopped doing that. Nothing has hindered his plan. All of this was part of the plan. And he had chosen us from the foundations of the world for a purpose. Had chosen us for a purpose. And he had created us to do good works. When he began that, after creation, he started making it. That that seventh day that he made the Sabbath day, Sabbath day, that's the day that he rested, and it made him the Lord. It made him a, that set him apart as a son. That he's the Creator. Jesus was the Lord of the Sabbath, but that day distinguished his government and his people from everybody else and everything else. If you would find Sabbath keepers, if you you hear anybody talking about the Sabbath or whatever, it's talking about the God of creation. And uh, we go back and look at the book of uh, Genesis and when he made man, but he rested on the Sabbath. That means he had completed his physical work and he rested not because he was tired, but because he had completed the physical work in which he was doing, and he rested. And, you know, some people have changed, said they've changed the Sabbath. The, the Sabbath has changed to that eighth day is the new Sabbath, or what God had changed it to, or whatever. And it's all a matter of doctrine. It's all a matter of instructions from God, or whatever, in the way you receive that instruction. But we see the scriptures and we see that those of us that are born again are able to understand or hear God's voice or his calling. Know that God has a target, in other words. God is doing something. He's doing something in our lives. And we come across scriptures every if we're studying the Word of God and searching for Him diligently or whatever, we find words that are placed in the Word of God and we wonder where they came from, where did they originate. That's to God's true people that He creates a hungering in the heart for Him. Because He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added unto you. What today we're talking about somebody of those that are seeking the kingdom of God, but we see those that are being rewarded who were seeking the kingdom of God, that they God had came, 
delivered that message, his message, and started the purpose, and that purpose was salvation, and that purpose was completing it. We see we're being made in his image, but he's, the book of Micah, the sixth chapter, it says, He had showed the old man what is good and what doeth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Now, where, where does this begin at? It begins at creation because everything he created was good. Yes. He had made good. He put man in the garden and he gave man a job to do. Oh, yes. And that was to keep and dress the garden. We are to maintain those works. No matter what anybody else tell you, what nobody, what anybody else say, you're to do what God tell you to do. Yes. And that is maintain good works, keep the garden. So this scripture is not coming from anywhere when it says, this is what the Lord says, maintain justice and do righteousness for my salvation is soon to come. In other words, this completion is about to end. In other words, he's about to finish making man in his image and his likeness. There's a process that's going on. This process has, has begun and nothing stops the end of this progress. And I have a, a, a little thing I say a lot of times when I'm going through stores or anywhere and somebody's doing something. I tell them, well, let me get out your way or let me move or whatever because I never stop a man from working. That come from a life lived through suffering and judgment because I tell y'all the story of when my stepfather was having my brother Jerry cleaning up the kitchen or whatever, and we stayed across the creek at the committal over on the committal or whatever, and they were cleaning up. And I was through doing with the assigned task he had gave me to do, but I was a mellowsome little something, you know, and I was in there fooling with him, mellowing something. He had told me to leave them alone and let, let them finish their working or whatever. And I kept messing around. And when, and when I came in there one time, was messing around and didn't see him. Wow! From nowhere, he hit me upside my head with a mop. And I fell against the wall or whatever. But from that day on, I never stopped the individual from working. Oh, yes. I never stopped someone from working. And we see here where God had given man a job to do. And Satan come along and interfered in him working. I guess he was working apart from Eve. If you read the book Paradise Lost by John Milton, you'll see it seemed as though they were separated, but Eve had something, I guess, to prove to Adam or whatever. But Satan came to her saying what God had said, re reinterpreting us to what God had said. And uh, the first point is, keep working until the day is done. Work work always through. You keep busy at what God had told you to do. And Adam uh, stopped work. I mean, even Adam stopped working and listening at Satan. And Jesus normally at the end of the day in the cool of the afternoon, he would come and talk with Adam or whatever. So in this, I, I get, came a long way around. I hope I could that was a, a good enough introduction, a segue into what I wanted to talk about this morning. Is that 
God is in the process of delivering His salvation to men, and that is all men. We have the Old Testament as a shatter with types and a foundation of what God is doing and did in our lives, and we have to go back and study that. Paul told Timothy to study the Scriptures. It's one that can make man wise unto salvation, but it raises more questions than it answers at times. And God had called us to do a job, but then what he did on that seventh day, we see that in the New Testament, is that he were he caused man to rest, and he came and did a, a completed a job for man, and that it was to die on the cross. He died on the cross so that we would have salvation. It is a finished work that he had completed, but it seems as though we are unconscious or that we're completely uh, ignorant of some things, but he, he, brought, he brought a herald, which is a preacher. A preacher came to wake man up, to bring him to consciousness to where he could hear what God says. There are many preachers out there, there have been preachers during the time of Noah, that were false preachers, but there were preachers like Noah that had found grace in the sight of the Lord. Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. And it says he was a preacher of righteousness. So uh, throughout the years, you've heard me talk about righteousness and repeat, repeat, preach and talk and teach about righteousness. But righteousness is something that comes from God. This righteousness that comes from God, God gives to man, and he sends it through man. God works through man. So that's why he says, don't ask who would ascend up to bring it down or who would descend up unto heaven because this salvation has already been brought to man. Amen. And it's going to be delivered through man. God chose the instrument or he chose the foolishness of preaching to save man because Satan intervened in God's word and brought about doubt in man. He brought about man being disobedient unto God and leaving off what God said, causing man to question what God had said. He says, has God said it or whatever? Through the woman, through the wife, Adam listened at his wife, and they start listening at this other voice, this voice that wasn't God's voice. So you have a man or you have a spirit that's not legal in the earth preaching, and that spirit is still here today. That spirit is a spirit that travels around within the churches and around people, the false teachers, the false preachers, allow themselves to be used by that spirit. That spirit enters into man. That spirit is a part of natural man that has been sold out to Satan. Because in that garden when Adam was working, what Adam did, he sold all of his generation. He sold mankind unto Satan. He stopped the work. 
and he sold us out and delivered us unto bondage, he quit working for God. He quit working for God. God told him what would happen, and he cast him out of the garden. But then God, at that time, promised a woman a redeemer that she would, he would bring her of the her race or her people back in good standing with God. In other words, they would be reconciled unto God. And Noah was a man that worked had a family of six. There was six people that was came from Noah that was aboard the on aboard the ark. Noah and his wife and those six souls. It was eight souls saved. Uh, his children apparently listened to that Noah. Noah preached for 120 years. Anyone that would have heard what Noah was saved would got on would have gotten on board the ark to be saved. They would have had to believe that God was speaking through Noah, even though it hadn't rained, even though the other things was going on. I don't know how many millions of people or how many people were in the world at that time who rejected what God was saying, who didn't have faith, who the grace of God hadn't come upon, who that salvation, which was a type of the same way we could be saved, we're saved by grace. We know grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He's the God of salvation. He is that light that we all have to see that light that comes into the world that lighted all men. He's that cornerstone. And apart from Jesus Christ, we can't be saved. So we see where it says, Thus saith the Lord, Keep you judgments and do justice, for my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. In that invitation in the 55th chapter, he invites everybody to come. He says, oh, everyone that is a thirsty, everyone that is hungry, come and eat. Come by with no money. Come by, eat and drink to your fill. In other words, there's an invitation to all, to all men. This invitation comes, and it comes through man that's speaking for God. And so that man needs to sanctify, consecrate himself unto the Lord. So he gives a distinct voice. Uh, he gives a distinct message. And that message has to be from God. Because if he's not speaking distinctly, and he's not speaking God's word. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It has the power to establish you. It has the power to keep you you are kept by the word of God. But the people can't hear without a preacher. This believing on God, this faith, this thing, this seed, this word, this active thing that's going to give you life comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. In other words, Believing what this individual actually is saying is actually the word of God, what God had said. You remember I said it was two individuals. Satan, which was the serpent, allowed himself to be used by Satan, and he was cursed 
from the form of the shape he was in, it, it must have been known to Eve or whatever because he said she said the serpent had beguiled her or tricked her into listening at him. So we don't know what form that serpent was, but we know that after these things, God cursed him and says on his belly that he would go. All these metaphorical languages and all of the interpretations of this, and we know it wasn't literal, that it was figurative. But that's that's unspoken of right now. That That's a greater mystery that has to be revealed later on by Jesus Christ. And each individual will be filled in by this story of the, the gospel fills in all of these voids and holes. That's the tree of life. That's where we get light from. That's why we have to go to the church, go to the place where God is creating and making man in his image in likeness. They say, let us go up to the house of the Lord so that we can receive instructions, that we can grow, that our character could be made, shaped, and formed. And that's by preaching and teaching. That's not by each individual that's an island or something to himself and every man doing what's right in his own eyesight. That way it's not personal. It's a group effort. It's a corporate effort. It's the church. It's these individuals forming the body of Christ. But it is personal in the fact that it does come to man. It comes to individuated man. It's some people hear it and some people don't. Within a church, some people hear it and some don't. Well, yeah, that way it's personal. But personal doesn't mean it's to everybody. Everybody's going to hear the word of God. And he commissions us and tells us to do good works, to maintain good works to do justice and righteousness. Those words, justice and righteousness, and maintain these good works is doing what's pleasing to God, doing the work that God had given us to do. Yes. We know Jesus Christ commissioned man to, if they wanted to follow after him, if they were his disciples according to his word, because to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we have to continue in his word. And we know in Matthew 28 19, he sanctioned the gospel and told us that to go out, he commissioned us to go out and make disciples. Yes, yes. Teaching and preaching what? The word of God. Those are the good works. We should consistently Teach and preach the word of God. Do the work of evasion. That's what we should be doing. Doing that which is right. That's what Jesus did. He went about doing good works. Yes. So no, that's where this is coming from when Michael says, you know what is required of you to maintain a do just. They say, Lot was a just man. Doesn't the book of Peter, when Peter says Lot was a just man? It didn't say Lot wasn't a sinner. We know Lot was the one that told the men that they could come in and go with his daughters so that they wouldn't defile the men, those other men, the angels that were there. There are some questionable things just people do. We see a lot of prophets. We know Jacob was one of the children of Israel that his name would change to Israel. Yes. But we know he was a supplanter. So we know God works through man that's fallible, but that has devoted himself to return unto God. In other words, that once he dedicated himself to God, he has to be a repentant man. He has to turn away from self. 
we have to turn away from self. So what happened, Noah presented himself, he was a preacher of righteousness. Justice and all of these things has to be maintained because God is headed somewhere from Genesis all the way to Revelation to making man in his image and in his likeness. Those that don't listen, that are rebellious, that are re reprobate, after a while, you let them alone, as he says in the book of Hosea, let Ephraim alone, he's joined unto his idols. We see here in Revelation with the title of our book, he says, let him that is unjust be unjust. Because there are two different seeds in the earth. There's the seed of woman, which is those that are born of the word of God. That's those that have the faith of Abraham. That's those that the gospel come unto this salvation that is delivered by Jesus Christ, the light to all men, that lighted all men that coming into the world. We understand here. Yes. So yes. what happens, there's another seed that's the seed of the devil. That's the self-centered people. That's the people that have, have works or whatever, that think that they can work their way to heaven. That's under the law of Moses because that law is prevailing. That law is here. Heaven and earth shall, all these things shall be dissolved. This new, this new, this old earth shall be dissolved. But the law shall not pass away. That same law is the judge man. So we are to preach the word of God, which is what? Righteousness. It's the character of God, but it's his law. That's the statute. That's the plumb line. Yes. So that's why a lot of people don't come to church and don't want to hear God's word because what it does, it places them under the law. The law is a schoolmaster that trains you until the son comes into your life. He said his salvation is near. Yes. Until we get that revelation from Jesus Christ, that's an individual thing to all men that he give to each individual that he calls and chooses. Now it'd be a many a call, but only a few chosen. So it'd be a many of that hear that, that clarion call, that general call. Yes. It says the grace of God has appeared to all men, but there are some in which will not do it. There are some that gobble and dull that message all the way from the time of Adam until this end time when he shuts the door that no man opens. Now we see mankind brought from the time of Adam to the time of Jesus Christ. And in opening up Revelations, we see where Jesus Christ says he's going to have to end up fighting against the church. There are those in the church that they won't repent. They won't turn from themselves. They won't turn from works. They won't turn for the love of the world. They won't turn from idolatry. And they're going to be outside of the kingdom. They won't inherit the kingdom of God. So we have to maintain good works. Now after Jesus saves us, work becomes a part of what we are, who we are, because I told you, you're saved by the hearing of the word, and it's by through faith. By the grace of God, we hear the word preached and receive the faith, that seed that's planted in us that begins to grow in us. We are birthed 
we're born into the family of God. We're born again. There's a regeneration that's taking place in man. We start to hear, hear the word of God, but we're babes. We're babes in Christ through this process. I don't care what age you are. Hopefully you you are not too old. Because there's a, a, a window of opportunity here. He says the day that you hear his voice, don't reject it. That, that salvation, the day, that day you hear. Don't reject it. You don't know if you get another opportunity, another chance. The day that you hear this preaching and teaching. Some people get older and they, 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 they played around and thought they had time. And then they came back and they're not able to do anything from the Lord. Okay, so I, I spent a lot of time trying to get this situ, this thing lined up from my teaching and everything. But we know when that word comes to in your life and that seed is planted in your life, it's going to produce good works. It's going to produce joy. It's going to produce peace. And it enables you to do good works. It's what enables you to do good works. It's what gives you the zeal. So in Philippians he says, Wherefore, my beloved, you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So once you're born again, that faith creates you to start doing things that are pleasing unto God. You start growing and you start trying to do what is pleasing unto God. You start following His Word. You start searching for Him, searching for the kingdom of God. There will be many things added along the way according to your obedience. But this solemn charge given to all of us makes us conscious of our duty that there's an obligation that we have to God as we hope to have the benefit of his promises that he tells us what's required of us. Now we go about trying to do those things because he's going to reward us according to that promise and that we will be judged for the deeds done in our body. So now we know what we're doing. Now we know what we're up against. And now we begin to understand that we have to maintain. Jesse C. says you should continue in my word if you are my disciples. So that's your necessary food. That's why you pray. Give us this day our daily bread. That you're hungering and thirsting for his righteousness because that's what was required of you, that you do what is just, you do what is righteous. Don't care if it's going to cost you 120 years. Noah preached and didn't get any converts, but he was committed to doing what was right. We see God rewarded him with the salvation of his life, that he kept his life, even though after all of this is completed, that God had finished with Noah. And at the end of Noah's life, Noah became a drunk. 
because of what all he had experienced and what all he had seen in life. Now, don't go to sleep on me, y'all. Don't come in here trying to go to sleep this morning. It's a spirit of sleeping and somberness that'll come into the church. It'll come over you. All of those are spirits that are in the world. And if you know that's something that you do all the time, you need to fight that spirit or do something so that spirit of slumber or sleep because it's contagious. When one start nodding, all the rest of them start nodding. So what happens is, what happens is, is that as these things work toward us, or as these things go on, you have to start calling out what is around you. God has given you a sword. That is his word. It's a rod. It's like a hammer. It's for you to build. It's for you to tear down. And where that starts at is in the home. He says, I'm going to create a division between you and your wife. That's what happened with Adam because they started to blame one another. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed Adam, and they blamed the serpent and everybody else. He says, your enemies will be those of your household. In other words, this is going to start where you at. You don't have to go on, on no missionary journey or whatever. The, the, the things going to happen, brother going to turn against brother. Some of the worst things you get into is with your brothers and sisters. That's who's trying to sold, sell Joseph into slavery. Why? Because Joseph was a righteous man and he reported their evil deeds. What they were doing wrong. See, because Joseph was maintaining righteousness. He was you have to point these things out. You can't be complicit with these things. See, that's what happened. Potiphar's wife tried to lie with him. He says, No, how can I do this in sin against God? Nobody may not have done. But see, integrity and character is who you are away from others or when you by yourself or nobody else knows. You see, your life, I don't know what you're doing in the dark, but God's going to bring it to light because he's in a process of getting you prepared for the kingdom of God. And as you hear the word of God, it convicts, it brings you to life, else you just reject it and do like they say with Ezekiel. We love the hearing, but we're not going to do what he said and do. And forget that preacher, he always picking on me. He always, you can blame it on the preacher that he has it out for you. But maybe he's trying to cast that something out of you that shouldn't be there. So, Mitt Romney is about to leave the Senate. This is his last year. We talked about this Bible study night. Oh, yes. This is, he wasn't going to run for re-election. He pointed out Mike Pence, which is a Christian, right? Right. He's, he was vice president. He's one of the big, he's well known for being a Christian. But what Mick Romney did was point out that he's one of the worst men it could be. Because a supposed Christian, he says, he went along with everything Trump did or said he was associated with. And according to Corinthians, it says we shouldn't associate with a brother, somebody that's in the church that's not doing right. See, because throughout the year, the worst people that I've dealt with, a lot of people that I talk spiritual with and different things, are people that are in church, other Christians. And then they go tell me they go in the church or whatever, and then I find out what, not that they have to come the way I'm going to church at. 
I listen to a whole lot of different preachers and teachers, and he encourages us. He says, try the spirit to see whether they be of God. But then you go listen, go listen at some jack leg preacher or somebody else with those bad spirits. All of the people that you deal with, that's why your life is so messed up, and you have a history of being messed up. The churches you attend have a history of those, baby. That's a division. So Mick Romney says, no, no, no. Mike Pence, beware of him because he's one of those wolves in sheep clothing. That's what happened with Jeff Sessions. So that's what the split the nation. All of those that are in camp and that are going along, they're dealing in unjustness. Yes. There was another senator yesterday that was indicted, Bob Mendez. So this guy is under indictment, but he's, is he going to run for re-election? He says he wasn't going to resign and step down. We have a former president that's under indictment, but this is the way the nation goes. Now, not that you judge by appearances, but you need to leave these things alone because let's go back and find out what happened was that you of your father the devil and he was a liar in the beginning he lied about God and he lied about things and if you read this 56th chapter when we get down in the next 5 or 6 verses it's because of the false prophets and the false teachers that invaded the church Satan ministers they didn't got so bold they transformed into ministers of light they're in the church preaching and teaching they're not afraid to bring all of their baggage, all of these Trojan horses into the church. It's iniquity, the legalization of sin. You know, gambling has been illegal for a long time, but then they legalized gambling. I'm not saying those are sins because to some people it's pleasure entertainment, but to some people they're gambling away money or things that they don't have. Just like drinking, there's a there was a prohibition before prohibition. It was against the law illegal to drink. Not that drinking is a sin. See, so that's why I say we have to be careful of the law because that what we were talking about Wednesday night. You who judge others, be careful that you're not doing the same thing. So drinking is not a sin, but drinking could be a sin. It's a weight that could become a sin. Gambling is not a sin, but it's a weight that could become a sin. Having sex is not a sin, but it's a weight that could become a sin because of sexual immorality. God had placed a place for sex inside the marriage, but if you outside of the marriage, you're sinning against God. That's why when David says, against you and you only have I sinned in this thing with Bathsheba because all of these other things are pleasure. Eating is not a sin, but it could be a sin because when you become a glutton, it's a sin to eat. You know, if you eat something, are you taking or something that you know is sinful that you shouldn't be putting in your body that the doctor said, this is harmful, it's going to kill you. You shouldn't eat these things. It's going to deteriorate your health. Now you've been warned. He's doing his job. So you should mortify the deeds of the body. That's the second point. Mortification. Because self is your worst enemy. Because of self-pleasure is the reason some of us are gratified 
with playing the lottery, with gambling with the dice, or however you gamble, it could be with the stock market. Playing the stock market is a gamble also. All of these can be vices, but it's not a sin. You see where it becomes a sin? It's the look, the perception, the motivation, all of these things is what perverts these things. That's why if you read Isaiah the 30th chapter, the 21st to the 24th verse, it says the perversion of lies to convict someone that's innocent. And that's what we've done. We've perverted justice. Because killing someone is not a sin. Because that's one of the reasons our crime rate is so high, because we've done away with capital punishment. God institutes capital punishment. See, I'm putting a lot of things out here that we hadn't studied to know that God says do these things because mismanagement of your money and everything, that's how you come to poverty, and that's what the book of Proverbs tells us. But God invented a way for you to escape from poverty and that you sell yourself as a slave to your brother, but you would be redeemed out of, you can be redeemed out of slavery. But man took an institution of slavery and made it sinful, made it vile and wretched. So we see ever since the beginning, there's been a perversion of justice. There's been a perversion of righteousness. And that's what's sinful. That's why he tells his people to maintain good works. But you always go have those injustices. You always go have all of these things until God, his salvation, comes and purges the earth of all of these things. But we should maintain good works. We shouldn't do these things because everybody else is doing it. So the lottery is almost up to a billion dollars, and that means a lot of people are buying lottery tickets or whatever. But do that mean I need to go out and buy me a lottery ticket? It wouldn't be a sin. But then again, it could be. Only God judges... And there's a lot of preaching I can do on this. That's why you have to get personally. There we go again. You saying well, you said it personal. I'm a person. Everything is personal. Yeah. Sure it is, yeah. but it doesn't apply to everybody. Because what Job's friends was saying, that was part of Scripture, but it didn't apply to Job. So is that? applicable to that individual? Do you have a pre... Are you predestined towards something and that inclination could be harmful to you? See, they knew Joseph's character and Jacob's character and when you put that before that person, if that person hadn't purged that out of them, if they hadn't taken the words that the preacher, that teacher is preaching to them personally, some things I say may hit you and some may not. But if it hits you, you need to get in line for it because the word of God will be that plumb line. In other words, you need to mortify the deeds of your body. In other words, put self to death. Put self-pleasure, self-ambition, whatever it is, that's a vice into you that's not being turned into a virtue because after a while, you will say, let him alone. He that is unjust, let him. So after the Bible tells you, after the second admonition, let him alone. So I'm not going to keep telling you 
don't do that. That ain't good for you. After a while, you don't keep telling your children, especially after they get grown about something. After people are grown, that's what happened with Adam. God had warned him and then told him, but he didn't run and, and say, oh, hey, Adam, don't eat of that tree, man. You, you know, you're going to die. Don't let your wife give you that tree. No, he let him alone. And to make that decision because it was a personal decision. You could eat it if you want to, whatever, but I warn you. So after that warning, you have to be fully persuaded in your own mind. But we have to go around not letting people be oppressed. We have to go around seeing that justice is done. And that calls for us sticking our neck out. And a lot of us don't like to stick our neck out. A lot of us didn't want to do what Romney did. That put him, that stuck his neck out. To go against Trump in some parts of the Republican Party, it means the end of your political career. We've seen this over the last eight to ten years. A lot of people have lost careers for speaking up for that which is right. That's what preachers do. That's why many of people are hated for telling them what's right. That's why a parent suffers because of telling them what's right. Listen at the works of the flesh. These are the things that could get you in trouble. It says, those who are reprobate, rebellious, and disobedient unto God, these are the ones that won't inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you can hide them from me, but if they're in there, God's going to pull them out, and he's going to pull them out doing this life, or else you're going to die with those sins in it, and you will have to face them at judgment. But the saints of God are in the process of judging themselves now because if you would judge yourself, you wouldn't be judged. That's why if God's working in us both to will or the do, we have to work these things out now. We have to die to self. That's what crucifixion is, dying to self. You, you put in your, because Jesus had walked that way. He had committed himself to be crucified, to be put to death by this world. And Pilate knew it wasn't no fault. He said, I don't find any fault with this person. But the world will. People are not going to like you once you start being holy. They're not going to like He said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. But they love the false prophet. They love people that tell them what they want to hear. And the thing about it, that's what Job's friends does. They convicted Job's children. The reason Job had turned and took his children, you know, that Job's children had died, that they were sinful in this and that day. That's one thing that you learn over the years. A person could talk about their own kids, but don't you talk about their kids. They call you whining about what your children, their children did. Watch them because you go along with them or whatever, and then later on when they make up with the kids or whatever, then they're going to look at what you said. That's going to make you enemy of So Job's friends, he said, a miserable bunch of friends you are, they have to come back and praise him because we have to give account for every idle word we say, the things that we say. But listen at what he says. Paul told them, these are the works of the flesh. Any works of the flesh we have to get out of us. He said, now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality. There's nothing wrong with having relationship, but it needs to be inside of marriage. But if it's fornication or adultery, if it's casual sex, sex before marriage, it's what? 
a work of the flesh. That's the lust of the flesh. David paid for that over a lifetime, and his children paid for it. The sword never left his house because of the lust of the flesh. Impurity. Now, that impurity covers a lot that I can't cover in a closed section. And that's why we have to go to the house of God. That's why we have to meet together in groups or whatever to talk the word of God because we need to learn these things and get them out of us. So if you're spending more time doing other things and recreational entertainment and other things, the pleasures of the self, these things are vanity. And Solomon found out it's vexation of spirits and things done under the sun and that God must increase. It says, spend your time reading a study. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't diversions. Jesus told his disciples to come aside and rest a while. There's nothing wrong with watching TV. It may be something wrong with what you're watching. It may be something wrong with the type thing. Or you may be watching too long. He says, sensuality, that is totally irresponsibility, a lack of self-control. That's what I said about eating. It shows a lack of control when you got too much on you. When you get sometimes I'll be eating. I say, I know I shouldn't be eating this. I shouldn't buy this. I shouldn't do this. That's what they call it, addiction. There are people addicted to drugs. Some people, when they created the gambling and all of this, they made it legal. They legalized gambling. They also made a gambling hotline because some people can't leave gambling at entertainment. They have to do these things. They start spending rent money and all these other things. Whereas this guy may have money to gamble or money to risk and it's just entertainment to him. But now if you went and lost the rent money and your children put outside and you lost your home or losing your car, so you're not gambling. You're risking all of these. If you're betting on the stock market or betting on something and you had a loss here, you may not can do with this. Some people can drink and never get drunk. But if you didn't drunk and got behind the wheel, you didn't kill someone drunk driving. Well, it didn't went past entertainment. We know Paul said, told Timothy to drink a little wine off. Food and drink doesn't commend you to God. But if you eat so much and you can't stop eating, and then the doctor telling you, well, don't eat this. Stick with a diabetic diet. Don't eat these things. It's not good. I know it's your body and you do what you want to with and everything. Because you're not a Christian. Because if you are a Christian, you realize that God says your body is no longer your body. It's the body of Christ. It don't belong to you. No, you can't commit adultery. You can't put anything in your body that you just want to because it defiles the temple of God. So these women with abortion and all these, no, well, you shouldn't have gotten pregnant. And I'm not saying that there aren't instances where that these, these abortion issues or these other issues don't come about. You remember I told you, I'm not a teetotaler. And that that's what we learn in life. They're a different thing because you remember, God killed David's son, yes. the first baby. Yes. God said, now that baby's going to die. Yes. So we can't, Romans right there, you remember about judging people. Right. So we shouldn't come in with these judgments interfering because we're not doing it, but you're doing something else. Or you partake of another man's sin. 
So if I'm watching all of these horrendous movies about killing and destruction and everything, and if it's not justified, that's why, you know, certain things on TV, you don't let your children watch it. You don't watch because you pulling for evil to win over good. It's a picture where the bad guy went in the end. It's a picture where someone with a horrible character wins in the end. So we have to make those distinctions. He says, idolatry, sorcery, sorcerous drugs, all of the different witches and different things. Like I said, I don't have time. We should understand and know this. That's why when preachers are preaching and then you come back and get mad at the preacher, well, let's, maybe you should come and follow that preacher. You're following too many preachers. You may not understand what he's talking about. And sometime over the last five or ten years, he's been preached on that or whatever that, that you know. He's not singling you out on that, that these are personal things that happen with people, but he's not talking specifically to you. That's why Jesus says to him that has ears to hear, some don't have ears to hear. He says strife, jealousy, fits of anger. I was mad at the doctor the other day. He had did something he should have done. And I'm still, next week sometime, I write a letter to the people and tell what happened or whatever. So I cool off so I wouldn't say things I shouldn't have said. And I'll judge this or have it right, hoping justice is done. But not through anger. Disputes, that is, disputes, dissensions, faction, that is, is that is promoting hearsays, uh, promoting bad doctrine, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So he gives you a list of things that you have to mortify. You have to not do these things. You're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, after I'm not going to keep telling you about these things. I was using them as an example. And, but if it offends you or whatever, maybe you should see whether you should have been offended at these things or not. Because, like I say, being the gospel is personal, you may take it personally and it may not apply to you. My mama used to tell me a lot of times, I'm not talking to you, I'm saying, and then if you didn't do it. And I'm like, Mama, Mother, I didn't do it, though. They did and everything. Well, I'm not talking to you. So when we're preaching or whatever, and you know that's in the churches a lot of times, I wish what you call them was he said, here it is, because that's what they talk about. No, it might be you that's being, that's why you need this personal experience. He says, at the revelation of Jesus Christ, my salvation is to be repeated. So when Jesus appeared to you, when you giving it serious thought, when you really want to do the right thing, Joseph didn't discuss this with anybody else or to anybody else, but he privately thought about putting Mary away. That's when the Spirit came to him and told him, don't do this, Joseph. So you looking for personal guidance, the revelation of Jesus Christ. He reveals himself. Now, if you're in church or you're going to, and you don't realize that God talks to man, if, you, if you're praying, you better believe God hears your prayer. You better believe that God's listening. Now, he may not answer you the way he wants or whatever, 
but he will answer you. And a lot of times it's through man. That's why we shouldn't dismiss what people say. And we also shouldn't dismiss what we say to people because now you will give, give account for being a false prophet, a busybody in somebody else's affairs. Remember, just because somebody says to something to you, that doesn't mean it's liquid gold. I used to be that way when somebody didn't take my advice. Well, if they didn't take that, your advice or whether they asked you for it, you offered it. So they had a right to choose what they wanted to choose. Now, you will have to give account for that which you chose, what you've listened to. What church you didn't went set up in, what person you marry, the decisions you make. But then don't blame anybody else for bad decisions that you acquiesce to. That's why Paul says you be fully persuaded in your own mind. So when you do these things, you say, I did it. I chose to do it. Don't do like Adam and Eve. Well, the serpent told me. Uh, my husband or my wife told me. Well, God says, because you listened at your wife, you shouldn't have been listening at your wife. I told you differently. God's going to speak to you, and you have to believe it. That's why it says, when they come in crying to me, I'll hear it. You'd better believe that God hears prayer and that God hears you when you cry to him. That's when we, the last point, maturity. We come into maturity, and we know we have the, depi- the, the petition that we desire of him because in his promises, in his salvation, in keeping the garden, in doing the work I do, he says, pray to the Father in my name, and that you ask, I'll do it. So he holds up his word. We have to have faith. By the hearing of God's word, we know he hears prayer. We know he hears petition. And we know because we keep his commandments that he hears us. See, because... This next week will become a, a, a solution because it's going to say about those that keep his Sabbath. And there's been much discussion about this Sabbath, what the Sabbath is and what it's not. But you see, that's why I say you have to get into this relationship with God. And that's what this is about. There are many people that do good works, that feed the needed, that cast out devils. But Jesus said, I never knew them. Do you have a personal, listen to me what I'm saying, do you have a personal relationship where you know God and God know you? It's possible to know somebody and that person don't know you. It's a lot of people that don't know their husbands and don't know their wives. You should walk circumspectively and not let nepotism or none of these things enter in because Samson's wife says, if you love me, you'll do this. That's a bad condition on doing something. Because love changes. Love reciprocates. Love is an emotion. It's a feeling. And the love of God is different from all of those. You've heard of phileo. You've heard of agape love. There's a brotherly love. There's different loves. But we need the love of God. It says, though you give your body to be burned and have not love, it profits you nothing. What's the motivation? Why are you doing what you're doing? We, as lights of the world, will be using the word, which is a rod and a sword. And we speak those things that become sound doctrine. It says in that same one that I read to you, Philippians 2 to 3, Listen at this. He says, So then, my dear ones, just if you've always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, that is the doctrines, the teachings of the Word of God, 
they obeyed it. But there were some that went off from it in Galatians that had heard another Jesus being preached. You've heard another gospel. I'm not responsible for another gospel or another Jesus. Uh, one of the members, relatives are talking to me and texting me about, about back and forth about different problems. There. And I try to help when somebody asks me something or whatever. And I keep telling some people it's a spiritual problem. Yes. But I don't know what your preacher or what your church is preaching or teaching you. It may not be your preacher. You may not be listening at what he's telling you. But then you're crying. You may be in the wrong thing. You listening? You're listening to Ezekiel preach, but you down here doing something else. That's what Jimmy Swagger is saying. People listening to him on the radio, they not contributing to him or whatever, or they not following him. You at some other church? Well, all churches are not the same. Even within the same denomination. Uh, yeah, I told you to go to church or whatever, but why you didn't come to my church? If you listen to me tell you to go to church, why you come telling me you didn't some join some other church? You didn't went and gave your, that preacher your money and time and everything. I don't see you here. You're not part of the effort. You didn't help me put food on the table. The priests in those days were starving and had to go back to work because the people were listening at other preachers and teachers. There are many preachers and teachers out there. So if you believe in the prosperity message or whatever, but you too poor or something's going on in your home or whatever, something is wrong. We know it's not the word of God. Maybe it's the place where you're at. Maybe some of those things. You're not mature. You're not able to have. So he says, but how much more in my absence that you cultivate and bring into full effect the word of God to spiritual maturity to where you can make decisions and you able to go back and say and examine your life and see what's wrong or whatever and put it in line. For it is not your strength both to will and to do but it's the strength of God. His spirit in you is not getting stronger because if saints are the judge the world do you see yourself getting stronger? Are you just repeating that because that's what everybody else saying? But when you go home, you don't feel God in your life. You don't see God in your life. There's no hope. There's no joy. You start blaming other people. You all alone. You have problems. And those problems don't give you joy. You don't have any peace. Something's wrong with your religion or something's wrong with you. But it's not the word of God. The Word of God should energize you. It should cause you to be caring for judgment and justice in the earth. So by faith, we help establish the law because those same laws, like I say, they convict and condemn others because that's what we should be doing by faith, establishing the laws of God, living by those laws. So we will come to a time that God's those evil doers because you pray for those people that talk about you and despitefully use you. Read the Psalms of David. You go back and you pray to God. I'm going to pray to God about this doctor. I pray to God about the man that worked on my car. I pray to God about everything. Do you pray to God about your spouse? About your children? See, because sometimes you have to let them go. You hold on to them too tight. Those problems ain't your problems. They got to work out their own salvation. Sometimes you will have to be like Job. Job had to plant all ten of his children, seven sons and three daughters. But his life wasn't wrapped up in it. 
Sometime mama going to have to go on and go. Daddy going to have to go on and go. What was that song, the Williams Brothers, somebody to lean on? Until you learn to lean on Jesus Christ, until you learn that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, you can start judging because if you're not judging, if you're not bringing up justice, you're not kicking up. You didn't come, if you, if you came like Jesus Christ, you didn't come to bring peace, you came to bring a sword. You come to cause these divisions. You're not the cause of these divisions. The reason we have these divisions is you're not lined up with the word, and the word's not going to line up with you. You have to line up with the word. That's the plumb line. Stay preaching and teaching God's word. That's your sword. Study to show yourself approved. A worker that need not be ashamed of the word of God. You rightly divided. That's your sword. That's your hammer. You will have to knock somebody down. You might have to chop off their neck with it. But we have to learn the terminology of when I say chop off their neck. When it says Samuel hacked a huge agag with the sword. But now we know that that was a figurative example. And it's not literal because he told Peter, Jesus told Peter to put up his sword. But when he told him to take the sword the second time, he was meaning take the word of God. You don't see where any of the apostles kill anyone, even when they were attempting to kill him. I was hearing a message on self-defense. Like I said, you need to listen to more of the word of God. Get away from the cowboys. Get away from the horror pictures. Get away from the fast and furious. Get away from all of these things. Get the word of God. That's your necessary. Those could be good diversions, time of entertainment, and that's your Sabbath. That's your rest. But is it a good rest? Enter into his rest. All we have to do is walk therein. But there's judgment, and we're obligated. Our obligation to Jesus Christ is to maintain judgment justice and righteousness we have to do those things now if you're not doing those things you're not responsible and you're not pleasing unto God but it causes God to have to come save you, it causes all these things not that you're tempting the Lord that God, you're doing what you're being led by the Spirit of God, if the Spirit's in you, the Spirit both work it to will and to do but make sure it's the Spirit of God. Make sure it's the Word of God. Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this day, Lord God, preaching and teaching your Word, Lord God, standing in your Word, Lord God, standing in